So when Jesus came on the scene in John 10, he said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Have you heard this? He said, but I have come that they might have life and have it abundantly. Everybody say abundant life. (laughs) The kind of life that heaven itself enjoys. In the beginning, when God created us, the Bible says he created us in his image. Male and female, he created us. And then the Bible says that he gathered up dust of the earth and he breathed Adam, he formed Adam, and he breathed in him the breath of life. And he was alive. Oh, yeah, I forgot to receive the offering. Hold on a second. You guys give your offering. Amen. All right. God bless you for your giving. Um, You can text to give too through the service. I won't be interrupted by that. But here's what I want to say. Adam and Eve were made in God's image, uh, not just uh, mammals on the animal heap, but fearfully and wonderfully made in a distinction uh, that's unique to humanity. And God has made us Uh, to relate with him and interact with him and flow with him. In John's gospel, uh, chapter 4, verse 24, when Jesus was talking to the Samaritan woman about the things of God, he said something profound. He said, God is spirit. Everybody say that. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. That doesn't just mean during the music part of a church service We're to worship in an energetic way. No, it means, worship means living, connecting with, walking with, honoring, flowing with a relationship with God. And it's it's done by, uh, uh, from the Spirit. Now listen, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says this, and, 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 and I just think this is really important. I'm all over the place right now, but I'm gonna end up landing in some pretty good places. Um, in verse 23, it says, Now may the, God, may, may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. And that your whole, look at this, distinction, spirit and soul and body. Say that. Spirit and soul and body. Now, we know God to be Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? We are spirit, soul, and body. God has, there's a, there's a, a three-part nature. We have a three-part nature. I love to look at it this way. We are spirits, we have souls, and we live in bodies. This is a prayer that Paul prayed for the Thessalonian church, that that we would be, that there would be a sanctification and 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 an entire uh, uh, sort of being set apart, spirit and soul and body, and that God would preserve us complete. So here I want to say this, on one hand, You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body, but that comprises your holistic self, okay? And so I'm preaching this so you'll understand that the language of our our body would be our five physical senses. Those are the impulses. My body is arranged by God in such a way with nerve endings and communication to my brain and so forth, pain responses and so forth, where hearing seeing, uh, uh, tasting, touching, smelling, and so forth. Those five physical senses are what alert my body to things around me. I know it tells me the feeling and sensation of cold or hot and those types of things. And a little of that goes a long way to be very helpful to um, you know, keep us on track in our physical lives. The language of our, our soul is our intellect, our mind, our emotion, our will, our thinking faculties, 
Um, and, and that's a beautiful thing. You know, we need to use our brains. We need to think and we need to, you know, God gave us cognitive skills and it's a wonderful thing to be able to learn and grow and think and adapt to the world around us. Spiritually, God's made us eternal beings. And in John chapter 3, uh, the, the first verse, it tells about a guy named Nicodemus. And Nicodemus is just enamored with and fascinated by Jesus. He says, in the night, he came out, he was a ruler of the Jews, and this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, teacher, we know that you've come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So there's this kind of private and yet genuine expression from this ruler of the Jews named Nicodemus at night. He kind of comes out of the shadows and he says, man, I, I could tell you're from God. Look at all these miracles. Jesus, interestingly, doesn't really go there. What he does do is in the next verse, he begins to proclaim something that what I'm trying to tell you right now. Jesus answered and said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said, how can a man be born when he's old? He can't enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? See, Nicodemus in his finite mind and his experience and knowledge at that point didn't grasp or understand the nuances of what Jesus was saying about a spiritual rebirth. It hadn't happened yet. Jesus hadn't died on the cross yet. Nobody was born again yet. But Jesus is making this great statement, and he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, this was during the period when John the Baptist was baptizing in the wilderness for the baptism of repentance. So when it's talking about that, it's talking about repentance or change, willingness to humble yourself and, and, and admit uh, our utter need for God, and, and then... Uh, being born of the Spirit was as yet to happen, and Nicodemus was probably one of the first to do it. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Now, we see distinction there between spirit and, and flesh. Outer man, the Bible says, though the outer man is perishing, the inner man is being renewed day by day. I'll just tell you, what I know is happening in this service right now is there is a spiritual refreshing and renewing going on down on, in your inner man. The eyes of your understanding are being enlightened. I also know in your intellect, your mind is being renewed. Take, for example, uh, the, the couple from Canada. They had teaching that suggested that, well, whatever God's will is, I guess God doesn't will us to have babies. And then it's like, well, listen, God, first of all, children are a gift from the Lord. And God said, be fruitful and multiply. And so, you, you know, he that finds a wife finds a good thing and be fruitful and multiply. Look, I have a lot of friends, couples that opted at the beginning of their marriage not to have children. They intentionally did not choose to have children. And, you know, that's great. They, they didn't feel led and that wasn't their inclination. On the other hand, I've talked to many people who've come to me with tears in their eyes desiring children. And, and yet they had teaching where it's like, well, maybe or maybe not. God doesn't want us to have babies. Let me tell you, when... The husband and the wife are coming in so desirous of children. We know that as we, as we delight ourselves in the Lord, he'll give us the desires of our hearts. 
He doesn't play with our sentiments. He doesn't play with us. And we can look at the word and judge scripture with scripture and realize children, because children are a gift from the Lord, and because these, the desire is present, it's like, come on, man, let's believe God to have babies. And we've seen people have babies after being married for 12 years, and they cranked out four kids. And they, you know, they started avoiding me because it's like, I'm done, man. Because I'm praying in faith. But I love what the woman said. She said, there was a shift in our thinking. There was a shift in our thinking. And I want this. There was a shift in my thinking. When I was a young kid, I studied about astral projection. I was interested and titillated by the supernatural. Hallucinogenic drugs, things like that, were part and parcel of the day where I lived and in my youth. Uh, Opening up to spiritual things. Uh, you know, uh, Ouija boards, seances, all that t- type of thing uh, was, in- was uh, interesting to me. I just got a, a, a Life magazine from the, uh, the drugstore uh, magazine counter, and I, it, it was ha- about how fascinated modern man is with the paranormal. And I want to tell you, my view as a believer is that there are counterfeits to the real thing. And there are things to avoid and refrain from, and there are things to accept and embrace. And uh, the Holy Spirit always and only will lead us into all the truth. Uh, I heard a minister recently say that such a high percentage of Christians uh, believe in psychics and so forth. Look, I, I don't read my uh, zodiac or astrology. I don't, I don't go to psychics. I, when I drive by a tarot card reader, I pray for them. Uh, I, I'm not, because that can be, there can be some legitimacy in that. Here's why I believe it. Because uh, there are things called familiar spirits. And that they're, the familiar, the root is family. So they can hang out with generations and they could observe things spiritually. They're disembodied spirits that can try to bear down an influence on humanity. Well, the good news is God sent the Holy Spirit. And we're in the church age and we're in this dispensation of grace and the Holy Spirit and he said I would be pour, that he would be poured out on all flesh. And what was random and sporadic in the Old Testament can be consistent and be rhythmic in your life. We, it, uh, let's go to Romans chapter 8, and I want to read uh, verse 14, and then we'll look at verse 16. Romans chapter 8 talks about, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And it talks about, the, that's the, the, the Holy Spirit is in us and he's a quickening spirit since that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. There's a life-giving spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God uh, is so wonderful. He is a helper. He's a standby. He's an advocate. He's a comforter. He's a guide and he's so good. And he's our teacher. He always leads us into the truth. He'll, he'll bring things to our remembrance. And, um, and I want to show you, though, the key here. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. All who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now, that may be a little bit unclear to you. But with the new birth comes a, an activation of spiritual perception. With the new birth like these little babies that we hear. They are born in the natural with two ears, two eyes, a nose, a mouth, and boy, you can hear them. And um, 
they're perceptive. God designed them as little humans to learn and grow. And I have the privilege as a grandfather of watching my different grandkids at different seasons, you know, at different ages and different seasons of development. As a, as a Christian, I've watched the seasons of life and I've watched this same Holy Spirit walk us all through so many different ups and downs of life and just knowing and remember, I was that guy inclined toward the paranormal and the supernatural and the, and the sensational. But, but upon experiencing the new birth, I forsook all those paths. I decided, wait a minute, there's something superior to all this. And this can be shady. And the devil, because he appears as, can appear as an angel of light. And I don't want to be deceived. And I want to go with the written word of God. And I want to go with the Holy Spirit of God. And he will bring distinction between spirit and soul, joints and marrow. He judges the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. I'm proclaiming to you something so assuring, so relieving, so trustworthy. You ought to hallelujah right now because it's absolutely amazing. John chapter 10, Jesus said in that famous, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. I've come to give abundant life. He said, my sheep know my voice and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. They'll flee from him. And th that's why I fled from astrology, psychic stuff, paranormal stuff. Uh, I have no need for hallucinogenics or any of that kind of stuff. It's all a pathetic and poor counterfeit, and it's hazardous. It's hazardous. That's why in the Old Testament, man, he spent chapters in Leviticus warning the Jewish people, do not go to, to seances or necromancers or, you know, people talking to the dead and all that stuff. So, man, we push that all out, we repent of that, we get rid of all that, and we prefer to go with the authentic, the real, the original purpose God has for us. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Now, let's get back to verse 14 of Romans 8. It says, for all who are being led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Let's flip this. When you and I, men and women, experience the new birth, Upon receiving Jesus, the lights go on. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, he told Nicodemus. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Now look at chapter 3, verse uh, 8 of John. Chapter 3, 8 of John, just for a moment. We'll come back to Romans 8. Uh, this is powerful because he talks about a description of what the spirit-led life is like. He says, the wind blows where it wishes. And you hear the sound of it, but you don't know where it comes from or where it's going. And so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Let me ask you, how many of you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Then you're born of the Spirit. You've been born. How many of you say, yeah, I've had a born-again experience? Let me see your hands. Okay, you guys online. Uh, if you haven't, today's the day of salvation. Uh, and these things don't pertain to you until... You do that, but I'm telling you, we need as believers to mature in this area so we're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. We're not susceptible to, de to de deception. We can judge prophecies. Uh, we can judge the times. You know, we've got books bombarding us and opinions and conjecture, and some of it's valid, some of it's questionable. So we've got to go with the written word of God as our standard. And we've got to trust the Holy Spirit as our teacher to help us have discernment, right? But like the, like the radios in our cars with the antennas that pick up radio waves, you and I, we, upon the new birth, have been activated. And it says in Romans 8, 14, 
All, for all who are being led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So when you as a, as a woman or you as a man get born again, you become a child of God and you have uh, a, by birthright a capacity to know the Master's voice and to, and to follow the promptings and the nuances and the subtlety of the Holy Spirit and not the dictates of the flesh and not the manipulation of, the, of mob mentality or the peer pressure or the, or the, the, the group think that's all around us. We can say, now, Lord, I, I, as an individual, have a system you've created upon that new birth. Your spirit is guiding me and leading me. Don't you want to be led by the spirit? Listen, it says, for you have not received, says in verse 15, you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received, look at this, a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. You know, we sing, I know you as a father. I know you as a friend. We're invited to an intimate relationship with God through Jesus. In Revelation 3, he said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and dine with him and he with me. This is the intimacy and the relational connection and the fellowship. Remember when Martha and Mary invited Jesus into their house and, and Martha was busy and distracted by her preparations and she got ticked off at Mary because Mary was just sitting at the Lord's feet listening to his word. And she said, Master, get her to help me clean this mess up. And he said, hey, Martha, Martha, you're distracted and worried and upset and anxious about so many things. Boy, I've been Martha so many times. He said, but Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. That, he wasn't advocating not serving. He wasn't av advocating uh, not uh, cleaning up the kitchen. That's, of course, part of our life duties. But, uh, you know, you get a moment where Jesus shows up. Amen. You know, you want to listen to him. Yeah. And, and, he, and he says, the Spirit himself, look at this verse. This is premier here. If you, if you get nothing else, get verse 16. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Now, therein lies the essence of my message today. We have this precedence of Scripture to tell us that God wants to guide us with, his, with what the, the Scripture calls an inward witness, where he attests to us. He, it, it's like a green light, a yellow light, or a red light. You know, in a few days, a gentleman and his daughter are going to go to a wedding in, in another country, in India. And he asked me to pray for him as his pastor, which I certainly did. I got over in prayer about it. He's been praying. His wife's been praying. The, you know, and he wanted to submit it to his pastor. So I said, yeah, I'll, I'll pray for you. So I looked for that green light, yellow light, or red light, just like he did. And, you know, he's inviting me to augment his, uh, to, in the multitude of counselors, their safety. He's not saying, what's God's will for me, Pastor? He's saying, hey, can you pray for me about this? I want to see if you incidentally pick up anything differing or similar to what I'm getting. That's like, okay, cool. And so I've had a piece about it. I've got, a, I've got a green light on it, as does he, as does his wife. But I also had some, hey, when you go here, uh, here's, some, here's some things I suggest you do when you go into this particular city. Because, and, and some of it was God bringing revelation and remembrance of times I went into a city with my wife, and I wasn't flying under the radar, and I was uh, susceptible to being hassled by uh, pickpocket-type people and that kind of thing. 
And I've seen that uh, where God will and does desire to deliver us from that kind of stuff. He'll deliver you from garbage if you listen to him, right? Um, but this, his spirit himself testifies, the King James says, bears witness with our spirit. There's this inward witness that's just like this, in, in, in our verbiage, in, this, in our movement, in our circles, it's like I have a check in my spirit about that. Or, yeah, I have a witness on that. Though That's kind of the language that kind of goes along with this. Try not to be too mystical, but just in the definition of things, it's like, yeah, I've got a peace about that. You know, because in, in Colossians 3, it talks about let the peace of God rule as the umpire in your heart, it says in the Amplified. So, if it, you know, if you ha- I, just, I just have a check about that. I just, and God, see, so can I just tell you, all Christians that are born of God, the Holy Spirit is there to help you and that he's there to guide you. And the Bible says he always and only guides you into the truth. He never leads us into error. And this helps us when if somebody gives you a personal prophecy, you put it on the back burner. You say, hey, thank you. You know, and you put it on the back burner. And, and, and whether it's exciting to you or haunting to you, and, and, and you test it because you're supposed to examine all things. You hold to what's good and you just throw away what isn't. And, uh, but don't throw the baby out with the bathwater because prophecy is a good thing. We're to covet it and desire it. Or, you know, but on the other hand, we're in the New Testament not to be led by the prophet's ministry or by personal prophecy. We're to be led by the Spirit of God, and the primary way he leads us is that inward witness. Let's soak that up for a minute. Now, I was reading about Philip being told by an angel to join this chariot and go down and talk to the Ethiopian eunuch. That's unusual. I read about uh, Peter up on the roof, and he, has a, he goes into a trance, and God speaks to him in that context. And, but at the same time, he's talking to Cornelius to come to Peter's house. That's unusual. Then I look at even the book of Acts chapter 16, where Paul is trying to go into Bithynia, and the spirit of Jesus forbids him. He gets a check. He gets a halting. He gets a red light. Well, he goes and goes to, he takes a nap. While he's asleep, he gets a dream of a man in Macedonia saying, please come and help us. He wakes up and he says, I guess God wants us to go to Macedonia. Well, that's unusual leadership. And there are gradations of leadership. But the primary leadership and the primary methodology that God invites us all into, those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And so the, the, the point of this verse is that there is his Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit. See, the language of my soul is my intellect. The language of my body are my five physical senses. The language of my spiritual life is God's spirit bearing witness with my spirit. God's word is spirit in its life. That's why the entrance of his word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. That's why it would, pay it, it would be, behoove us to pay attention to the word of God to study it, to meditate on it, to go and read it. Even if you don't like reading, just read a page, read a chapter, read a verse, stay in the word. My son, attend to my word, incline your ear to my saying, don't let them escape your sight, keep them in the midst of your heart. Why? Because they're life to those who find them, health to all their bodies. It's a lamp to our feet, isn't it? It's a light to our path. He'll direct us, he'll lead us by the Holy Spirit. My wife and I have enjoyed so much help from the Holy Spirit, haven't you? 
Uh, I'll give you an example. I was away at, at, a, at a state park in Illinois seeking God, fasting, and I was struggling. I hit up against a, someone that hurt, my, or hurt us, and, and it was a, a hurt. And I was sitting there on a log by the Illinois River, and I just was feeling, oh, and I was trying to get through it. It was dominating my intercession. I was trying to pray for the direction of our church. You know, it was all this season we were in, and I, and I just got stuck. And my wife had had a phone call from a friend in another country um, that's across the international date line. She, this person called her from tomorrow. So she had to pull over, so she didn't want to drop the call, so she pulled over at the Walmart parking lot and she was sitting there on the phone with this person having rich and rare fellowship. And um, so it was a spirit-led thing. And then she hung up the phone and called me to tell me about it. I'm sitting on that, like a bump on a log, battling all this hurt and frustration, praying about it. And then she calls me and she said, I just had this wonderful call. Great, because I've been going through you know, this, this trouble. You know, so. And then she, then, and she said, hey, so-and-so's walking by. And I went, that's the person that I was praying about. Call them to the car, call them to the car. While they're coming, see what you have in your purse. Get all the money you have in your purse. Pulled out the money, um, give, give them that money. Uh, so she did, and then uh, put them on the phone. And I was able, there was like this amazing Holy Spirit-led from across the international date line timing of this call that brought this prompting. She normally would never call me when I'm fasting and praying. She doesn't want to step on that, so she's leaving me alone to seek the Lord in solitude. But this time she felt like this would be encouraging to me, but I was going through this toxicity, but Jesus was answering my prayer and the Holy Spirit was helping me to get that resolved and bless those and pray for those and so forth. And God enabled us to have a moment, bring resolve, bring a healing and work it out. So when I hung up the phone, I was able to go into a place of, of peace. I had done something that was caused a breakthrough. I was able to bless and not curse. I was able to get out from under that toxicity and that's the God I'm talking about right there. I love reading about Philip talking to the Ethiopian eunuch by an angel. And, and I will tell you, uh, there, occasionally God still does, he speaks to, through angels. He has all through the Bible. And he does occasionally. But that's not what we look for as the primary and dominant leadership. Uh, and also, we don't just go and check into some swami or spiritual guru in the context of even in the church to tell what's the direction for my life. I've had many people that are dating say, Pastor Jeff, what do you get in your spirit about this? I say, I'm not going to tell you. you got to figure this out because I'm not going to live with you when you go through your arguments. Yeah, you can't look at me and go, Pastor Jeff, you said we're supposed to get married. Uh-uh. And I'm not going to take credit when things are all harmonious either. I do have an opinion. I do try to, I seek the Lord about it and I, you know, I can check. Sometimes people don't ever ask and they don't want to know and God's forbid me to ever say anything. So, because ultimately we have to live with our decisions. But the good news is there's someone here to help us that God has factored in. He said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And he says, for all who are being led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Or in other words, as a result of our new birth, we are activated to know the master's voice. My sheep know my voice, he said, and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. 
so we could follow that witness or be admonished by a check. If you get a check, I don't know. See, you could get a great offer. Oh, go use our rental house and go stay over here. And it looks illustrious. And you start leaning on your understanding. Well, this would save us money and we could make a, you know, we could get our time off. And it, but if it's not God, don't do it. And, and if, if something is God and it's uncomfortable and challenging, but yet the Lord's prompting you, he's going to supply and guide, right? So that we're not led by how we feel. We're not led by the dictates of our intellect, which is very limited. We actually are invited to follow the witness of our spirit. His spirit bears witness with our spirit. His spirit comes and bears witness. Isn't that, a great, isn't that great? Aren't you glad for this? I know I'm stirring a lot of you up by way of reminder. Some of this might be new idea, introductory level stuff. But this is among the most important features of our Christian existence, to know God the Father sent his son Jesus, and then he sent the Holy Spirit. Jesus came to redeem us, to transfer us out of the domain of darkness and bring us into the kingdom of his dear son. And then he doesn't leave us there. He says, it's good that I go. It's to your advantage that I go. Because I'm gonna, if I didn't go, I, I, I wouldn't send another helper. He'll be with you forever. He'll guide you into all the truth. He'll prevent you from veering off into error. He'll help you, if you listen to him, to have a very quality, fruitful life. Amen. Doctors led by the Holy Spirit can make decisions about how to stop a, a bleed and how to uh, navigate around a nerve in, in, in a surgery and how to you know, bring the very best outcome. Aren't you glad for spirit-led answers to prayer over those who care for our health and our welfare? And our, we could pray for those in authority over us because the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord, whether it's an evil Nebuchadnezzar or whether it's a virtuous king that would be like David, that would be caring for the nation. And in either case, we're, supposed to, we're required to pray for those in authority over us, whether we like them or we don't like them, whether we agree with them or we don't agree with them, because God will influence and bear in and speak to their hearts. The heart of the king, it's like water. He will guide it. It's in the hand of the Lord. Are you glad for that? I want to keep it in the hands of the Lord, not in the mouths of the murmurers. People could do that all day. But the body of Christ, even though we have inclinations, we have bias, we have viewpoints, we have values, we have opinions, and those things are great. But at the end of the day, he said, my sheep know my voice. The, he said this, this is, this is for all who are being led by the Spirit of God. I believe God led our friend from the international, across the international dateline to make a call to my wife. I believe God led her to pull over in that spot in the parking lot so she wouldn't drop the call. And then I believe God led her to call me, which is uncharacteristic of her. But in that moment, and then when she called me, I was right in the context of this spiritual battle and prayer over this particular uh, offense. And God was addressing it. God was bringing healing to it. God was bearing on it. God was answering my prayer. And the Holy Spirit was orchestrating the whole blooming thing. And that's a big deal to me. It, may be a, it seems like it's a bigger deal to me than it is to you. But I hope it becomes a big deal to you because in whatever you're dealing with, you can trust 
that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead to help you with your parenting, to help you with your planning and your decision-making, to help you in the context you go through, right? He's faithful. He's going to walk you through. He's going to guide you, right? He said he's, he's never going to leave you. He's not going to leave you. Aren't you glad he's, he's stuck on you? He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Jesus is present to help in the time of need. Come on, you guys. There's something to learn here about the goodness of God. And I, I think about these, the, we, we want, sometimes we Christians, we get craving the sensational and we often miss the supernatural because of how subtle God prefers most of it be. God wants us to grow up. He doesn't want us to rely on goosebumps and extremes. He wants us to learn we're to conform to the image of Christ. And Jesus, he complied with, he said, I only do what I see my father doing, which means Jesus spent time looking unto him. I got up this morning in the dark. It was raining. I sat under my porch. I got a coat on. I got my Bible. I got my Jesus hat from Jump. I put my, my, my son bought me a really cool little flashlight that's rechargeable that you can punch twice and it goes to 1,200 lumens. Uh, I pushed it on the regular. I put it on, it had a little clip so I could put it on my hat. I was a sight, man. I'm glad nobody saw me. I've got my Jesus hat, my coat. I've got my coffee and I got my Bible. I'm out there in the dark. It's drizzling. I got pulled my leg. I had to flip the, the, the cushion because it was all wet on one side, dry on the other. That, I had enough sense to do that. And I sat there and I just meditated on the word. And I looked at 1 Corinthians chapter 2 about how we've received, not the spirit of the world, and the, the world didn't receive this spirit, but we received the spirit that comes from God so that we might know the things freely given to us by God. Going forward, we can be led by the Holy Spirit. Going forward, like this mom telling me about her 45-year-old son deflecting all the, the, the options, even though the people tried to match make for him and it just wasn't right, wasn't right, wasn't right. Now she said, she's just... She, he just married, got married a few days ago, and this gal is just customized for him. This is, and he's a Christian. He's been believing God. That's why I wanted to show these videos, to show you uh, the Ashby's and to show you uh, the, the, the miracle of, of a couple getting a, a new beginning or the miracle of young people waiting a while to, to, to make the right decision, a life decision about a mate's a big deal. Don't you think you want the Holy Spirit to help you in these things? About your finances. You got people telling you what to do with, you know, Bitcoin and money and, and, and the stock market and real estate and all these, you know, we've got a barrage in, in this era where so many voices are coming at us. Isn't it good to know God's Holy Spirit has been sent and is, is available to lead us and guide us into all the truth? Truth, truth theologically, truth concerning the doctrine and correct, correct understanding and interpretation of the Bible, which is paramount. Truth concerning what's really happening in our conversations. I watch my sweet wife, and she's, you could say intuitive, and you could dismiss it to women's intuition. Recently, a woman wrote a book, and I was interested, so I listened to what she had to say. She's detached, not talking about or acknowledging God. Her husband's an atheist, so I don't know where she's at, but he's an atheist. And so she's basically talking about this chemistry and just this sort of intuition thing. And it's like, 
ah, you know, the Bible says our conscience, it's like it's seared with a hot iron. I mean, before you're saved, you're dead in your trespasses and sins. You're spiritually dead. So you're subject then only to the voice of your body and only to the voice of your intellect uh, and the potential for deception spiritually. That's why I don't do hallucinogenics. That's why I don't uh, imbibe on that stuff because I need all the help I could get. I don't want my judgment impaired in any way because it's, it's already being bombarded by constant chronic bombardment. Worries, cares, all that stuff. All the stuff coming at us, voices. And a lot of them are significant. And it's like, what do I do? You know, you come into the church right now and it's a haven. Green pastures, quiet waters. He restores my soul. James says, with meekness, we receive the engrafted word, which is able to save our souls. Our soul is different from our spirit. You can't get your spirit any more saved than at the point of the new birth. But our souls need to be renewed. Our minds, Romans 12, 1 and 2, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I noticed that young couple in Calgary, Canada, they were confused about God's will concerning prayer and having a baby and so forth and going forward in that. They needed to have the introduction that children are a gift from the Lord. When we pray, we believe we receive. Let's trust God for the fertilization of that egg fixed to the uh, uterine wall, not the fallopian tube, at the right time, all the chemistry, and not a miscarriage and carrying that baby full term and having that amazing kid with the amazing hair. Samuel John. And I can't, I'm looking forward to spring where we could come in. I think we ought to coordinate and have a big party and roll out the red carpet to our friends from Canada and have that little, and let's just surprise them. Let's just concentrate. Even if you come to the first service or the third service, let's make sure we find our way and have a big church party. Because look what they said. They said, we felt uh, strength from, I mean, the, the vantage point of the live stream and coming in and learning the word. Faith comes by hearing the word. I believe the Holy Spirit, because she had a friendship with Megan and then she wanted to see Megan and Megan's there with her mother-in-law and her sister-in-law and they're talking about the things of God and she sees that and gets offered to pray. And then uh, Trije, who's lovely, talks to her and uh, I told that to her husband. He goes, oh yeah, she's lovely. And you know, that's what I call her. You know, so, and, and the loveliness of her faith and her accept. And then they said, we just feel so supported. I mean, you look on the map how far away Calgary is. You look on the map how far away the international date line is and there's no distance in the spirit. The Holy Spirit was moving on that thing. Well, I was sitting like a bump on a log, literally, working through my, I was stuck in a toxic moment. Uh, uh, a brother offended is harder to be one than a strong city, so there was hurt. And you deal with, uh, and you try, I'm trying to fast and pray and believe in God for my family, for my church body, for the generation we're in, for America to be saved, the nations to be reached, and I'm stuck. And God wants to get me unstuck. God wants to get you unstuck. And this is what she said. We had a shift in our thinking. I hope you understand, like, if you've, in case you've, dabbled in some of these paranormal things, I advise you, I'm not being superstitious, I'm just saying don't anymore. Yeah. Repent of it. From now on, develop in the spirit. This is the handy, safe, best, most thorough, biblical, trustworthy way to go. For all who are being led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you have not 
You have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you've received the spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry, Abba, Father. I call you Father and I call you friend. And a friend sticks closer than a brother, Jesus, and he sent his Holy Spirit who takes from Jesus and reveals to us. And he wants to have this friendly, divine, constant interaction. We're walking through the mall, Christmas shopping, where we park our car, how we think, the decisions we make at work, how we process and resolve conflicts, how we work through our mental struggles. This is how we present our body. Uh, we, by the Spirit, we mortify the deeds of the flesh. That's what it says here. By the Spirit, we mortify the deeds of the flesh. We don't say, oh God, please help my flesh. We can say that, and he will help us, but he's already provided help for us to present our body a living sacrifice. Oh God, help me with my thinking. He will help us, but he wants us to go to the Word and get our mind renewed. And, and the Word is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword. It brings distinction between soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and judges the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. Man, we're on to something here. I don't have to wait around to have a dream on the roof like Peter or a dream in a nap like Paul in Acts 16 or an angel prodding me like he did with Philip in Acts chapter 8, although I think that's fantastic and I'm totally open to it. I know the primary way God leads the men and women of faith is these subtle promptings, his spirit bearing witness with our spirit. And that's what we look for. If just knowing that it's there can help us to look for it. Just knowing that that's what, so that, that probability, that possibility, that probability, that inevitability, that reality. That's when the, when the girl looked in the word, it shifted them. And notice, they said they were at odds with each other. This is what often happens when these fertility situations, they get pressure even in their romance. When they're trying to have a baby, it's like, I'm ovulating, you need to come home. It's like, but I'm at work. And, I, and then it, even your lovemaking becomes like a strife deal. Let's just be honest here. And, and, and th this is, in fact, Christian life. I'm there praying and seeking God and fasting, and, and I've enjoyed rich. That's where God spoke to me to name it St. Louis Family Church in 1992 on that same shoreline, and I've enjoyed a wonderful breakthrough there. But I got stuck in a moment. The Holy Spirit knew it, and he prompted a lady to call a lady, and then a lady to call me, and then this person to walk by, and she had stuff in her purse we could give and pray and forgive and love, and then a breakthrough occurred, and I walked away from that situation by the Holy Spirit, and he helped me out, and he'll help you out, and he'll witness with your spirit if you'll develop a sensitivity and a receptivity. And you say, well, I don't want to be misled. I don't want it to be spooky. I don't want to be uh, superstitious. I don't want to be a mystic. You don't have to be any of those. This is supernaturally normal. This is the way God's made us. Upon activation of the new birth, you know the master's voice. I watch my grandkids. They're born of the flesh, and they have cognitive skills. They, they see their mom, and they relate. That's I want mom now. I don't want to... You to hold me anymore, Grandpa. I want Mom. You know, I, feed me is one of their main things. You know, and and uh, they they just they, they they and then they become judges of character. They'll be like, I remember Addison. She just remember her. She'd be like, she had discernment, man, and uh, she just give you the look. She even gave me that look. I said, Patsy, I'm believing God. I'm gonna have a good relationship with this kid. Just use your faith with me. 
she doesn't like me right now, but she's, I'm going to be one of her favorites. And sure enough, man, we've got a wonderful relationship, but she would be like, you know, I don't, what, what did I do, you know? What am I, chopped liver? But kids have perception and cognitive skills, but you know, God's kids have spiritual uh, wiring by the new birth. My sheep, they know my voice. Say this one thing, I know the master's voice. Say it again. I know God's voice. Tap your, tap your belly. Out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Jesus said, come to me, John 7, 37. All, he said, if anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He says, as the scripture says, out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. And he says, uh, when you believe in him. How many of you have beliefs? The Canadians had to shift in their viewpoint and theologically understand, yes, God wants us to have babies. And they'll have more than that than, than uh, Samuel John. That's just a start. And you say, oh, Pastor Jeff, is that sort of a good luck uh, baby blanket? No, I don't believe in luck. You know, I had a rabbit's foot on a, on a keychain. It, it, you know, that wasn't lucky for the rabbit. He lost it. <laughs> that rabbit's going, what are you talking about? You know, I think this will help some of us because just right now we can, we're at a state in the service where we can dial in and say, okay, Father, from here on out, I am trusting the leadership and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. In fact, let's all stand up on our feet and I want to finish and have the musicians play it out as we go. But uh, I, I want to I advise you to pray in the spirit, pray with your understanding, spend time in the word. When you face small, medium, and large decisions, trust that God will lead you and guide you. Look at these situations and go, God, I, I know. Now, what do you say, Lord? What, what's the Holy Spirit saying to me, right? And um, like even you own a business and you've got job opportunities and somebody comes in or, and says, hey, I, I've got this, I need you to work on, you know, I'm, I'm a contractor building this and that. It's, it might look good, 90% of it, but there's this, follow the witness in your spirit or something might look less. My Bible school leader talked about when he was itinerant and um, making his living from the gospel and offerings, he, got, he saw a large church invite him to speak and then a very small church. And he knew, and he had bills to pay, and he had kids to raise, and he was, so he was inevitably able to think of some of the economic things, but that wasn't the primary thing. It's like, but yet, where would you have me go, Lord? And in fact, the Lord said, no, nah, cancel that one, or say no to that one, and say yes to this one. So he's like, okay, in the natural, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But he, we're not to lean on our own understanding, right? That doesn't mean we turn our brains off and mouth breathe and act dumb. We don't, God never dumbs us down. We have the mind of Christ. If we'll follow the Holy Spirit, it's never dumb. It may be different than what the natural thing looks like. There was a guy who got his degree and got elevated in his career. And he came to me and he said, man, I've got an opportunity to transfer it within my company. That's, it, though it's a lateral move, I'm going to have 35 people under me. I'm getting like a 40% increase on my pay. It all looks so good. He, I said, well, what are you getting in your spirit? He goes, 
Pastor, I'm kind of hesitant about it. I said, well, you follow the witness in your spirit then, no matter how beautiful and good it looks on this enticing. He said a number of people shifted into that department. Somebody else, he declined to take it. The, the, the people trying to promote him were a little frustrated with him and felt like, why, are, why would you not do this? But he stayed in his other area, had lesser pay, fewer people under him, not, and not as high a promotion. But yet the company, like often happens, it didn't work out. They wiped the whole program out of the company. Everybody that moved into that compartment, including the person that got the 40% increase and the, the heightened vice president's thing and the window in the office, bumped. Everybody got bumped and the guy was unscathed. That God is your God. That God is your God. Notice, I didn't go, I feel in my spirit, blah, 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 blah. It's like, what do you get in your spirit? I'm in agreement with you for the will of God to be done. Right? This is what I've learned. The prophet's ministry in the New Testament is different than the Old Testament. The New Testament is never for direction. And I've been seeing this in the charismatic movement since I became a Christian. When this alights upon groups of people, they'll get up and move places. They'll do things. Somebody that's like, sort it's, 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 it's a, it's, you got to watch out for it because that's not the primary way God leads us. I appreciate personal prophecy and I've had some doozies that have helped me fight the good fight of faith. I believe in it. However, not to the point where it is my definitive finalizer of my decision. My finalizer of my decision is the written word of God. Does it honor Jesus? And does it bear witness in my spirit? Church, this is so good when I'm preaching. I mean, not that I'm doing a good job preaching it, but the material is amazing. Come on, help me out. You and I, we can be led by the Holy Spirit. You and I can be led by the Holy Spirit in these days. Hallelujah. Aren't you grateful? Sensitize us, Lord. Help us to not be so callous. Help us to follow and tune in and dial in to your promptings. Make us a, a sensitive, Jesus-centered, Bible-based, God-loving, reverential, Spirit-led crew of folks. Now, how many of you want to be led by the Holy Spirit the remainder of this year and into 2023? Let me see your hands if you want to be led by the Holy Spirit. And you want to be led by the Holy Spirit real bad. I want you to raise up your other hand. Real bad means a lot. Well, I don't want to be led real bad. I want it to be good. All right, all right, all right. All right, particulars. Say this with me. Lord, I trust you. You're my shepherd. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You guide me with your eye upon, upon me. You order my steps. Help me not to be a doofus. Help me to be led. Help me to make good decisions. Help me at work. Help me with my attitude. Help me with my conduct. Help me with my temper. Help me to walk in love. I forgive everybody. Clean slate. New beginnings. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you guys.